0: God's wonderful grace. That's what the gospel of the Lord is all about. John began his gospel back in chapter one with the words, in the beginning was the word, the logos. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And we have seen, as we have read the Gospel according to St. John, that he includes signs, proofs, things that Jesus said and Jesus did that support his contention that he is, in fact, the Creator come here to live among us. So we have gone through six of those signs already, and today we're going through the seventh sign, the last sign that he gives. The first one, remember, was the wedding at Cana when he turned the water into wine. Then he healed the official's sick son when he was miles away from him. He healed the man who had been an invalid at the pool of Bethesda, an invalid for 38 years. After that, the next sign, is the multiplication of the loaves and the fish, so that with five loaves of bread and only two fish, he fed over 5,000 people. Then he healed the man who had been born blind. And last week we read of the raising of Lazarus, who had been dead and buried for four days when Jesus came and gave him life once again. And so, he has given these signs, and in chapter chapter 20 is the seventh sign, the resurrection of the Lord. And John concludes that chapter with these words. Jesus performed many signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The reason he wrote the book in the first place was so that you and I and all others who would read the book would believe, would believe that Jesus is the creator the sovereign of the kingdom of heaven. From the beginning of the gospel, Jesus has been portrayed as the one who brings the life of the age to come, the age of the ages, the life of the kingdom of God, eternal life. This was an... this idea of the coming of the kingdom of God that one day this present age with all of its confusion with all of its injustice is going to come to an end and God is going to intervene all people will then at the beginning of that age they will accept him as sovereign this was a very common idea among the Jewish people of Jesus day When that would occur, all would recognize that God is the sovereign king, and he will then bring justice. He will bring righteousness. All that is wrong will be set right. All that is broken will be made whole. And the dead will be raised, and a great judgment will take place. That was the people's expectation. John has told us in his gospel that Jesus came preaching that the kingdom of God was breaking into the present, was coming right now in this present age. John has claimed that Jesus himself is the king of that future age. Many people seeing the signs had believed in him. As we have read through these signs, we've seen that, that in almost every one of them toward the end of the story of the sign, there has been the words that he believed or many believed or some believed in Jesus because they had seen this sign. They had experienced the power of Jesus. And in asking the question, who could possibly do this? They had come to the very same conclusion that John had reached. This is the creator, God himself, come to us as a human being. But then came Jesus' trial and crucifixion. The people did not know how the story was going to end. To them it looked like the end had come. Oh, all of their hopes were dashed upon the rocks and broken. They had hoped that Jesus was the one who was ushering in the kingdom of God. The one who was going to make all things right. They had placed their trust in him, but his death, and then his burial at the end of chapter 19 looked to them like that was the end of the story. They had been mistaken. But they were wrong. They had not been mistaken. (coughs) On that first day of the week, the day of new beginnings, just remember Genesis 1, the creation story, where it talks about on the first day of the week, God began to create. On that first day of that week, Jesus was resurrected. Not the same sort of resurrection as had come to Lazarus, because Lazarus was eventually going to die again. But Jesus passed through death, and he recreated humanity, giving us mortal human beings, at least giving to all who would believe in him and trust in him, immortality, the life of the age to come. Jesus will never die again. Now it seems, as we go through each one of these signs, <coughs> it seems that within himself, John is saying, "Now you may not remi- you may not believe this story actually occurred, because you say that doesn't happen to anyone. That is just that is just a great story that somebody made up." John seems to say, well, that's expected. That's why these are signs. On that Sunday morning, he says, no one was expecting a resurrection. Not Pilate, the governor who sentenced Jesus to death, not the chief priests and the enemies of Jesus, not the guards who were stationed at the tomb not joseph and nicodemus the men who had placed him in the tomb not any of his disciples not the women who went out on that early sunday morning to the tomb to visit no one was expecting that the tomb was going to be empty no one was expecting that things happened as they, in fact, did. And John says, but I was there. I was the one who ran with Peter to the tomb. I saw, looking into the tomb, the collapsed grave clothes. Jesus, though he had been killed, though he had been buried, was now alive, the coming of the kingdom of heaven, the arrival of the age to come. Doesn't that sound like a great thing? No more brokenness, no more injustice, but instead righteousness, the peace of God, the justice of God, the mercy of God. The word gospel means good news. In the early church, they decided to call it the gospel because it is, it is wonderful news. We're going to continue to read from the gospel of St. John, chapter 20. Now, where we left off uh, earlier in the service, we're going to begin reading more of the resurrection story beginning at... Verse 19 of chapter 20. This is the Gospel of the Lord. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "'Peace be with you.' After he said this, he showed them his hands." and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, Their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see, the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is the gospel of the Lord. When the gospel tells the story of the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection appearances of Jesus, John doesn't spend any time at all explaining the theological significance for us, how what happened then is going to affect our lives now. And in fact, it's not just John that does not talk about that. None of the four gospel writers give any kind of theological explanation, partly because I think they say, you've read this book. You've read through all of these stories, all of these words of Jesus, and by now, John says, you have seen the signs. So you should not be too surprised when you get to this final sign. Already, many of you have believed because of the signs. And so instead, he says, here it is. Now believe. The explanations of its significance for us, that's all, all there in the New Testament, but that's talked about in the epistles, in the writings of Paul and Peter, the letters of 1 John and the, the other uh, writings that are a part of the New Testament. But John is assuming you've heard the talk of the arrival of the kingdom of heaven, and you are able In the surprise of this final story, you are able to to see that the kingdom of heaven is coming in Jesus. And you, just like Thomas, you too can see who he really is. Jesus is the king. You can understand what the story's been about. You can see his kingdom is breaking in and changing our world now. So we need to believe. We need to give our total allegiance to the one who really is the sovereign. But in the resurrection stories, not just in John, but in the others the other Gospels as well, Jesus does tell us what direction this story should lead us. He said here, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. You have seen, you know the truth. He says to the disciples, "And now you are my agents to go and to announce that I the creator have come. You are to go and announce what I have done and what I have said while living here as a human being. You are to go and announce that the kingdom of God is arriving, that the last age, the age to come, it is coming." Let people know. Remember Jesus' message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is arriving. But you may say, well, I haven't seen. I've heard these stories, but I have not seen. I think that's the reason that John included the story of Thomas especially for you. You haven't seen. Thomas hadn't seen. And he records Jesus' words. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have still believed. Since you have believed, since you are experiencing in your own life the life of the age to come, Blessed are you, he says, and blessed are you to be sent to announce the kingdom's coming to others. You say, I'm not a theologian. I don't know how to convince people. And I don't want to go around telling people that they're a sinner. Just makes me feel uncomfortable. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be able to give an explanation for all the ins and outs and everything that the story, the gospel means. And you aren't the one who's supposed to be convincing people anyway. Jesus says in the gospel of John, it's the Holy Spirit who's going to convince people. He says, the Father is at work drawing people to himself but he does say to the disciples and he says to all who will believe but i am sending you to announce to people that the savior the creator the king of the kingdom of heaven has come that he has on the cross died for you, that he is alive today, and he offers the life of the age to come to every person who believes. There are many people who don't know. There are many people who haven't heard the story or who have just heard it in such a casual way that they rank it right up there with the stories about the Easter bunny bringing Easter eggs. He said, it's more important than that. And the only way they're going to know if those of you who know what has happened, if you tell them the message is good news, the kingdom is coming, Jesus is the king. It already has come for those who have believed So the question as we come to this concluding part of the book is this, do you believe? John wrote, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the King, the sovereign ruler, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That is how things are going to be made right in the kingdom of God, not by politics, not by education, not by the economy, not by the pursuit of pleasure. There are plenty of people in our world today trying to convince you that any of those and other things are the solution to the strife, to the discord, to the problems that we face on this planet today. Those things are only going to bring more division and chaos and destruction, confusion, and we've already got plenty of that. Jesus is the source of light, the source of life, the source of peace, the source of wholeness. That's why we call him Savior. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you who believe today, he tells us. So the question for you as a disciple of Jesus, as a believer, as one who already shares in the life of the age to come, is this. Who is it that you are going to tell? So let us pray. Our Father, we thank you that you are willing to be our Father. We thank you that you did not abandon us here on this planet in the confusion and brokenness that we have created and which we have proven over and over again that we are unable to fix. We thank you that you are a God of mercy and love, not giving us what we deserve, but instead flooding our lives with your love. Mercy. And that you bring to us, even now, the beginnings of the life of the age to come, eternal life. We thank you that somebody told us the story, the story of the gospel, the good news. We all know people who are not followers of you, who have not accepted that you are the sovereign Lord of the kingdom of heaven, the one that one day every knee will bow to and every single tongue will confess that you are the sovereign Lord So help us to be willing to let people know the good news. Not to manipulate, not to force them to make some sort of a decision, but to give them the information so that they can believe if that is the direction they choose to go. And then they too can experience the life of the age to come, the life of your kingdom. So we ask for your blessing upon us. May we, as your faithful servants, be faithful in announcing your saving power for all. We ask this in the name of Christ, our Lord. Amen.